This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Dot Store. Have you ever tried to find a domain name and gotten the message, sorry, that domain name is already taken? Well, you're not alone. 70% of name checks on the .com fail, but with Dot Store, you get the domain you want. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Kara Golden. She is the founder and CEO of Hint Water, a flavored water brand that she founded in 2005. She's also the author of a new book called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. So Kara, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So in your bio, I read that you were one of the I don't know about original, but you spent some time at AOL. Um, <laughs> my father-in-law still has an AOL account, and he thinks he's he thinks it's the internet that AOL is. Awesome. That's I love it. <laughs> I love it. So my real question though is, do you still have any of those CDs around? You know what? I do have a couple of the CDs <laughs> that I that I kept, and I have a few. Uh, AOL uh, jackets and memorabilia that I stuck in a plastic bin, you know, for can't can't uh, throw that away. I mean, it was a great time. I mean, it's a you know, it's sort of an iconic brand that, you know, really um, Steve Case built. Right. Obviously, there were a lot of people there and I played a part in building out the e-commerce. And, um, you know, there were a lot of people that basically felt like, AOL was the only place to shop, yeah, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, we were kind of, you know, it was a very enclosed, safe place where you could go. And, um, you know, I got the really fortunate opportunity to help build out. I always viewed it as like a virtual mall. And yeah. so I would, I would like actually, you know, study malls. People would ask like, how do you know to like bring in like J. Crew? And into, you know, building out this mall. And I'm like, I go down to the Stanford Mall and I actually figure out what other stores <laughs> are sitting right. next to, you know, Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom's and some of the others. And and um, that's essentially what we were doing and offering a community for people. It's funny, too, because uh, and, and we'll get we'll get to the book, but I, I think it's fascinating because it was really it was really a closed place originally. You know, you got to AOL and it wasn't the same as getting to a website that you could then just, you know, punt and go somewhere else for a long time. It was a very much a contained mall, as you said. Yeah. And it was also a place for brands to um really reinvent themselves. I mean, I remember there was this one catalog company that we were dealing with called Celebration Fantastic. And uh, they're pretty small catalog and, um, and uh, they weren't doing great on the service. I mean, they were up against like some big guys, they weren't getting the promotion. So I remember Valentine's Day rolled around around one day. And, um, you know, they had this product that was like a chocolate sauce. And, um, and they were like, you know, we have this idea that we want to do one of your pop-ups, those pop-up screens that come up (laughs) and, uh, they, and they called it, uh, better than sex, um, chocolate box. (laughs) And, uh, and, you know, people went crazy over it. And, um, and so I think it was like, it was the first place where, you know, you could really reinvent yourself in this new channel, um, by showcasing certain products that you have. And I mean, their sales uh, just off of that product were millions of dollars. And mm. it's just, it was absolutely insane. But it was really the first place where I saw that you could build brands, you know, 
in a non-traditional way, which, you know, frankly, I go back to, I mean, our business, my, my main business hint, um, my, my day job, you know, we 55% of our business is direct to consumer in a world where uh, soda is, you know, that's just not the way that yeah. drinks are sold. I mean, yeah. if anything, if they are sold online, it's through an Amazon, um, but it's not through their own site. And so I think it's it just little examples like that on my journey make me believe and make me think like, how can we just do things? How can we try and how can we do things, you know, a little bit different and ultimately better? So today, Hint comes in 25 flavors, if people aren't familiar with it, sparkling and caffeinated. Um, it's a non-alcoholic beverage, one of the maybe the largest independent non-alcoholic beverage in, in the world. Uh, 100, well, this, is, this, this is estimated. I haven't looked at your books. $140 million or so in yearly sales, 200 employees and um, you know famous investors involved in the company, right? That's Hint today. Um, did you start Hint to solve a problem or disrupt an industry? Uh, a little bit of both, actually, you know, it's, um, I think back on the journey and, you know, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur cause I wasn't a typical, uh, I'm going to go and work for myself or I'm going to go be an entrepreneur one day. Um, my dad had actually kind of been a frustrated entrepreneur inside, um, a large company. Uh, he had developed a brand that you may know called healthy choice mm, and, sure. um, inside of armor food company. And then ultimately they were acquired by ConAgra. But I, I, so I had a little bit of learning sort of working for yeah. him, but I think also when I, you know, I'd grown up in tech in in many ways and, um, being at AOL before I decided to start this company. And while I was, really trying to solve a health problem for myself. Um, after I had had three children, um, I, you know, wanted to lose the baby weight that I had put on and um, I developed terrible adult acne. I realized after looking at everything that I was putting, all the food I was putting into my body, that this diet soda was, had more ingredients in it than yeah. like, I mean, I, I, I talk about it now as I, cared more about what I put in my car than what I put into my own body. And I thought like, why is that? And, you know, a whole story around um, labels like diet mm -hmm. and, you know, there's low fat and vitamins and things like that, that equated to health in my head. Um, but well, you weren't uh, alone in that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so after switching from my diet soda um, over to plain water, I, two and a half weeks, lost 24 pounds, got rid of my acne, got my energy back. And I said, gosh, there's just like a lot of people who are trying to figure out obviously how to get healthier. Um, and it's not working. Right. And, um, and like, if they could just actually enjoy water again, then they, you know, we might not have this brand new thing that cropped up about the time I was starting hint, um, type two diabetes, you know, mm -hmm. things that are, you know, really dangerous, chronic, right? And I thought they need to ultimately enjoy water. Maybe that they need to do other things, but that's a first step. Sure. And so that's when I um, recognized that I didn't like water. I aspired to be a water drinker and I started slicing mm -hmm. a fruit and throwing it in water. And that's when, you know, I thought 
I'm not even sure this is a company. I think it's like a, I, I don't know. I think it's a product. I'd work for companies before, right? And so when I decided to take this product to Whole Foods um, and my local Whole Foods in San Francisco, um, friends were would come over to my house and I tell them, you know, I'd started this little thing. I wasn't even calling it a company. And they're like, that's so cool that you start a company. I'm like, is it a company? I don't know if it's a company. Like it, I have three SKUs. Like I'm not sure it's actually a company. But that's when I really realized that I'm starting something that could actually help a bigger range of people get healthier, disrupt an industry that doesn't care about health. Um, Back then, there was nobody calling companies mission driven. I was mission driven from day one because I really wanted to help a lot of other people. So tell me, you just gave a little bit of a hint of that. Oh, gosh, I knew I was going to do that unintentionally. Of <laughs> but um, were you literally throwing, I mean, I know it's a little more complicated than that now, but were you literally just throwing fruit in water, letting it marinate, and then having uh, having a product sort of, sort of almost in your kitchen at, as, as sort of the it first was. batch? It, yeah. yeah, it was in my kitchen. And basically what was happening was if you ever, you know, take a pitcher and you slice up fruit sure. and you throw it, you do it all the time through right? cucumber and lemon gel all the time. Yeah, it, it <laughs> only lasts like a couple of days and then it starts to, you know, I call it smeggy looking. Like I <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that word. Um, but it was, you know, it was really kind of nasty looking. And so I thought, <clears throat> what if you could actually get rid of the pulp and you could just use the skins because there's plenty of essences and oils in these skins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started, you know, playing, boiling them down on the stove, almost lighting the house on fire a few times, like, you know, just doing a bunch of stuff. And again, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I had a lot of doubts that I'd be able to figure it out. Um, but I just tried and I just kept trying different things. And I now like talk a lot about how, you know, the, the interesting thing and sort of where my head was at when I started this company, I had risen pretty quickly at AOL to be, the youngest vice president in the company, one of the only women, not the only women, but one of the only women in, you know, at that, at that level. And what I hated about, um, you know, sort of being at that level was everybody was coming to me to actually like look for orders, right? Look Mm -hmm. for market. What do I go do now? And so I think what I was really craving was actually learning. And so when I jumped into the beverage industry and I saw these holes, I just couldn't like, I thought, oh my gosh, every day I would get up and I'd be just energized by the fact that I didn't know things. And I would be like, digging, 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 you know, how do I figure out how to do this stuff? And I definitely heard a ton of no's. I had plenty of doubts when I was launching it. But I just almost got a, you know, as my dad used to say, I got a kick out of it, right? Like the fact that it was like this mystery. And there was no book. Like there was no, I talked to people and they'd say, oh, have you like been at, you know, the? did you used to work at Coca-Cola? And I'm like, nope. Never, never did that before. That's why I'm asking you lots of dumb questions. And uh, that was really where my, where I was at. You know, it's interesting. There's probably people that can make a case for saying, in fact, I've heard people say this in other settings, that it's your lack of knowledge that actually kept you from acting like them um, in yeah. a lot of ways, right? You well, know, you, you were like, well, this, you know, this is all I know. I'll go this route when other people might have told you, well, nobody does that. Right. And I think that that's and a a lot of people did tell me that they said they well, for example, we were the first company 
to actually use real fruit and not use preservatives. And I kept asking, why can't this be done without preservatives? And they said, just because. And I remember (laughs) my parents saying to me when I would ask them something and they'd say, just because, and I was allowed to say, but why? (laughs) And I kept saying, but why? And then, and a lot of people would probably quietly be annoyed by that. And other people were like, huh, this is really interesting. And, you know, it's funny because people quickly dissect you when you're starting a company to try and, like I said, determine, like, is this person credible to actually go and do this idea and execute on it? And I think what people would start to see was that I had done something pretty crazy at AOL and built this Mm -hmm. incredible industry. So there were a lot of people that doubted me, but there were other people saying, I don't know, like she might actually go do it. And so that was really, you know, knocked on a lot of doors and a couple of people said, okay, fine, we'll, we'll go and, and take a look at it. And when you grow up in an industry that, you know, like a Coca-Cola, for example, you, you are basically, um, you know, conditioned to actually think a certain way. And right. so I do believe that outsiders have that competitive advantage. So the subtitle of your book is Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. Did you have a a significant um, doubt or doubters or set of doubters that you had to overcome uh, specifically to kind of like, like maybe you thought, hey, this is going to work. And then that's like, that's when people really show up to doubt you. Um, you know, did you have kind of that moment where you had to just push through? Yeah, I, I mean, I had plenty of doubts in the beginning and and all along the journey, plenty of uh, doubters. Um, one thing that I, and, and really the reason why I wrote this book was that I've run into a lot of people along the way who have said, who have said, you know, I've heard your story. I'm really different from you because you're very confident. Um, you don't have fears. You've never failed. And what I realized telling my own story, it gives people energy to actually know that they can do it too. And that is really what I want people to gain out of this book. Um, You know, one of the best stories that I think many, many people remember is my story uh, with this executive um, at at, uh, this soda company in Atlanta. Um, A friend (laughs) connected me after an, after a year of really, you know, loading up my car with cases of hint and, delivering them in my Grand Cherokee, I finally decided that there was so much that I needed to learn in this industry that, you know, and I had four young kids under the age of six at home. Like there were, I mean, and and basically whenever I actually shared my own doubts, I mean, that's a doubt why I couldn't do something. People would be like, yeah, no, that sounds really hard. You shouldn't do this anymore. You should just go find a job in tech and, you know, and do something different. Um, a friend connected me with somebody at that Atlanta soda company and I called him up and I said, listen, I'd love to chat with you. I've built this company. We're in Whole Foods. We're getting some traction in the Bay Area. And somewhere along the way, he interrupted me and said, uh, this company isn't going anywhere. Sweetie Americans love sweet. And I was like, wait, he just called me sweetie? Like, I can't even believe, like, you know, I'm just like, you know, and and again, I'm just sort of listening. I'm not sure that what he said for the next 30 seconds. And then it dawned on me that this person that had grown up in this industry, 
that had lots of industry experience and I was really relying on to sort of tell me, here's the path. He actually couldn't tell me the path because his path was different from mine. Mine was around health. His was around selling people stuff, right? And making them believe that it it was a certain thing. So then I quickly came back to, you don't listen to people who are on a totally different path, yeah. right? And and so that actually gave me the energy and and really the ultimate, you know, con- the the conversion in my mind to say that if I don't do this, no one actually actually will. And I knew I was a little ahead of the curve, but I decided that I needed, you know, at that point, if I wouldn't have had somebody say that somewhat you know, shocking statement to me, I may not have actually come to that conclusion that I needed to go build this business. So I'm actually very thankful um, that that uh, came about. And, you know, I, I, I think that that's the thing that that we all, all successful people, um, you know, whether it's business or athletes or whatever, have these doubts and they have people that they run into. And what I found is that you know, so often you actually need to stop building up your wall in front of you to say that something can't be done. There really is the ability to do it if you believe that you can do it. But if you don't believe you can do it, as I, you know, share when I mentor entrepreneurs, I'm like, if you don't believe you can go raise money and that they're not going to actually give, you know, invest in your company, you will not be able to get it. Right. Like it's just not going to happen. You have to be there first. All right. Here comes the difficult question series round. Um, Is there any part of your business that gives you heartache, heartburn that you wish you could solve? Wish I could solve. You know, I would say I wish we didn't have uh, failures right along the way because because it's always like a blip right in the business. Um, but I also really believe that with every failure, if that it makes you stronger um, for for the next time. And now let's take a little break and hear from a sponsor. A great e-commerce brand is one that is short, memorable and relevant. So when you see the dot store domain, you instantly know that this website is an online store, a dot store domain tells people your website is an e-commerce store and instantly associates your website with selling. With .store, you get access to a huge pool of short, quality names, which means that you don't have to compromise on the brand name of your choice. Join close to half a million e-commerce store owners like you that trust and use .store domain, the domain name for e-commerce. Visit get.store and find your e-commerce store domain name today. So a lot of people, this is actually interesting, but I see that a lot of people think of entrepreneurs as these ultimate risk takers. Um, And that's just not true. And in my opinion, or my view, um, a lot of times they have an idea that they just, they can't not do, but they're not necessarily crazy risk takers. Um, What was the risk in, uh, what was the risk in ultimately failing with, with Hint for you? Yeah, so I've thought about that a lot. And I think that the key thing that 
I always remember and share with, you know, others to remember is no one can ever take away what you've done. And so if you, if you stop for a minute and think about, you know, in my case, building out this, you know, incredible business for AOL or, you know, having a great family or, you know, whatever I've been able to accomplish, then you look at whatever is sitting there in front of you and truly daunting as if it actually does not go the right way, I've done all the rest of that stuff Mm -hmm. before. And so I think that that actually is, uh, you and I were talking about your book and how, you know, the daily, um, you know, really confirmations. I think that for me is something that I think about often. And I always get people, especially when they're feeling down to think about, you know, things that they are really proud of and things that they have done because no one can take those things away. And especially when you're building a business and things are scary or you're really doubting, um, keep reminding yourself of those things because that allows you to maybe take a little bit more risk or face those fears. Yeah, I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of fall prey to looking at like, oh, I'm I'm going there and that person's accomplished so much more. And, you know, they don't turn around and go, wow, look how far I've come. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's the that, you know, because it never feels like you've arrived, you know, and, and I think that's a real um a real challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs. Well so I, you, go go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, I I mean, I think like on that topic, it's interesting because one thing that I always share with entrepreneurs uh too is that it's dangerous to look at your true competitors, understand your true competitors, but comparing yourself. And I always share with people, try and look outside of your industry instead to, you know, people that are doing great things, right? Because that will give you the inspiration and it will, it will really expand your confidence in being able to go and get something done. So you are, um, um, and I don't know how old this is, but it, um, you're embarking on a couple products outside of beverage, um, sunscreen. I think I read deodorant. Um, uh, is that is that kind of more of a? I'm taking the same point of view to another industry um, and you know solving what I see as a problem, or is that a natural kind of? I just have to create new things. Yeah. So I had uh, I had some skin cancer um, a few years ago. And that was really what led to the development of the sunscreen. I did not want a sunscreen with oxybenzone in it, but I also wanted a sunscreen that smelled great. And so, um, you know, we have lots of essences that we use for our waters. And so that was really how I decided to just, you know, try and test it out with the sunscreen. And so people ask me all the time, did you know that you were going to go outside of water? No, like I needed... Um, and the name of a company for the FDA, because all sunscreen is, um, mm-hmm. is it's approval by the FDA. And so that was how that started. But yeah, so we came out with sunscreen a couple of years ago. And then uh, deodorant, um, you know, earlier this year, and then we actually just came out with a hand sanitizer. So mm-hmm. during my COVID, um, you know, <laughs> from home experience, um, and also I've been working all the way through COVID because we're an essential product in stores. So I've been merchandising and helping my teams. I finally just decided that, you know, the, the hand sanitizing market really needed fixing. And I was either tired of smelling rancid hand sanitizer that smelled horrible or too much like alcohol or, you know, that was, that was really 
the uh, the fix for that. So all around health, all around disrupting and fixing these industries. I actually feel like in addition to sort of helping the consumer, we're now showing a lot of these large companies um, what the possibilities are. And so my hope is in, you know, kind of fixing the sunscreen industry as an example, am I going to be able to compete against Coppertone? Probably not, but I'd love for Coppertone to actually reformulate and get some of the stuff out of their products. And, you know, I'd love for the large soda companies to get rid of soda altogether, right? But do I really think any of that's going to happen? No. But if I, you know, nudge them a little bit um, with all of these, you know, categories that I see that really need fixing, um, that's what entrepreneurs can do. And and I think that it's an important um, place where you can lead just by creating change. And I think that whole direct to consumer, you know, approach is is one that, you know, by its essence, you know, is disruptive, you know, to the companies that that rely on a supply chain. Um, so, you know, I think in some ways it's a it's the natural competitive advantage of, of an entrepreneur or a, a small business. So let's tell people where they can not only pre-order a copy of Undaunted, but get a free case of Hint as yeah. well. But before you do that favorite flavor? You know, I would have to say my go-to is the cherry. Oh, that's mine too. Yeah, I love the <laughs> cherry. Um, but, you know, it's also, we have, I think, 25, 26 different flavors. I uh, I always say it's sort of like asking who's my favorite child. Like it's yeah. it's a truly unfair question um, because I, I uh, am the creator, right? Yeah, so that, this is what I do. So, um, but I love, yeah, like I, I love a lot of them, but it's always my go-to to pull out when, when it's there, it seems like. All right. Depending upon when you're listening to this show, um, if you pre-order a copy of Undaunted at drinkhint.com slash duct tape, you're also going to get a case of Hint water sent to you with your book. So hopefully you listen to this show before October 20th and uh, that uh, offer is still on the table then. Um, so, uh, uh, Kara, I appreciate you stopping by the, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast and uh, I, and I love the, the water that you sent to me, you know, to prepare for this show. Oh, that's awesome. I'm very, very excited. And you guys, uh, hopefully you'll you'll order the book and order the water or get the water. And um, please let me know what you think at Kara Golden on all social channels. <laughs>